بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم عليه الحمد لله وحده والصلاه والسلام على من لا نبي بعده اما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى he guides us through Quran and through the, the Sunnah of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. His guidance is for every matter of ethics and morals, human behavior. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has not left the guidance. to the imagination of people ayahsabul insanu an yutraka suda allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his fadl has guided man towards virtue and goodness kindness good deeds sometimes through the aql the brain rational and sometimes supplementary complementary and prescriptive in wahi wahi comes as a prescription for human beings to amend or change or reform or refine their ideas of virtue and moral conduct and so on This is the understanding we have from the Quran and Sunnah. What we say is almost always from the Quran and Sunnah. The little knowledge we have is from the Quran and Sunnah. We don't speculate about matters where the Quran and Sunnah has not guided us. Having said that, There's so much hidayah and guidance in the Quran and Sunnah with the Prophet ﷺ leaving the world that that guidance is enough for all of mankind and for all times. That guidance is not lacking so that Muslims say we live in a different world we live in a different age and therefore we need other ideas or other theories or we need a different understanding of values and so on so this is a very necessary i believe conversation that we should have amongst each other and more so with our children our children are guided by what happens in school those of you who have your children in public school they have rules and regulations and they have policies and they have guidelines that are enforced in the school throughout the day and throughout the year and the children are obviously influenced by those guidelines for a muslim 
who's sending his children to public school or even a Muslim school or college or university where the guidelines become much more vague and broader, much more free, much more liberal and much more independent of sources of guidance. That is just the culture of how people live here in this country, in this civilization and now I dare say even throughout some Muslim countries. Muslims don't see the need to be guided by the Quran and Sunnah because they think the human mind is enough, experimentation is enough, experience is enough and whatever uh, models of law that they use to run and govern their countries, that is enough. We say that that is not enough. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us in the Quran, that we send down from the Quran that which is a cure, a remedy, a prescription that if you're thinking this, then it may be wrong and this is the cure. The wahi cures the human mind of its frailties, inconsistencies, its failures and its inability to understand the truth. The human mind has a role but the Quran is a referee. The Quran is a judge that if you think in society today you may have an orientation, an idea that you can have any kind of sexual orientation and that is the guideline of all schools, the culture and even in most states now the law. So how does a Muslim negotiate with this? How does a Muslim see this? Now you're, you're, you're bombarded from everywhere, your workplace, your college, your, your, your teachers, even the Muslim community on social media and everywhere else they've succumbed to the idea that guidance is no longer necessary, it is human experience that guides us. Is that really Muslim? So the Quran is there to give us a shifa, a remedy, a cure, a prescription for values and morals, misunderstandings of life that otherwise would go unresolved, which leads to further destruction for human beings. The Quran doesn't want human beings to destroy, itself, destroy themselves. The Quran wants to guide people so that there is moral conduct and there is now an infrastructure which is human and humane, both. So when we are sitting down with our children, 
and when they are on Facebook or social media, and when they are watching movies and they're looking at the internet, and they are bombarded with this uh, so-called phenomenon, that sexual orientation no longer is in the hands of the Quran and Sunnah, nor is it in the hands of the Muslim community. It is in the hands of people who say this is the way they want to be, and this is the way they feel. So now we as Muslims look to guidance in our Salat, in Surah Fatiha, in each rakat, we say, Ihdina Sirat al Mustaqeem. Guide us onto the right path. So, what is this guidance he asking for? These are some of the issues that we as Muslims must engage with, negotiate, and come to terms with the Quran and Sunnah and say, No. Allah is the one who created human beings and their minds and their intellect. Allah is the one who guides and the Rasul is the perfect human being and we follow his example and his guidance in every matter. Some of you might be enraged or upset that I'm talking about sexual orientation. Well, this is what needs to be done. How long can you now just shove these things under the rug? And say it doesn't affect you. Because God forbid if it affects you and your family, you're done. You won't be able to sleep at night. That's why these issues that are mainstream American issues are now impacting mainstream Muslim issues. We're part of the ethos. As I mentioned before, we have integrated with the community at large. All the problems we have in mainstream America are the same problems we have in mainstream Muslim communities. All of them. So what we need to understand and appreciate is that Allah has not left man unguided in these very important issues. And it's not a question of public policy. It's not a question of being liberal or conservative. It's not a problem, problem uh, issue of coexistence of social rights or political rights. That's not the issue. The issue is, is it right or wrong? What does Allah say? What does the Rasul say? What do the Sahaba, what do they understand from what the Prophet said? How do you regulate a community based on these issues? Now, this issue is supposed to be very private. It's not supposed to be public. When the Quran speaks about consummation of marriage, it uses words that are dignified, honorable. It uses words like libas. Clothing, that you are clothing for them, they are clothing for you. Where you can't expose your private parts except in privacy. Why do you want this splattered on social media? Why does anyone need to even speak about their so-called sexual orientation to the whole world? <coughs> 
Isn't that in itself shameless? Allah doesn't command you to be this vulgar, this lewd, this ridiculous that you're bringing the private affairs of someone's bedroom into the eyes and the ears of the whole world. In Islam, we don't do this. Because why? We are dignified. We have dignified the children of Adam with libas, with clothing, with satar, with modesty. Now all of a sudden you're exposing something that is supposed to be the most private, sacred act in your bedroom. And you're sharing this with the whole world. This has to be the insinuation of the devil. Now, unfortunately, since it's become a mainstream issue, we have to talk about it. Not because we want to, but because we want to make sure Muslims know and understand that when they recite the dua in Surah Fatiha, every rakat, ihdina siratul mustaqim, what is Allah's response to your asking him to guide you? Ask him to guide you on this issue. And that guidance is in the Quran. And whether everybody in the world on the planet disagrees with that guidance, a Muslim should say, I don't care. Why? Because I'm going to follow Wahi. I'm going to follow the Rasul This is about my salvation after I die. This is, not, this is not about being cool. This is not being about socially correct or politically correct. We don't condone anyone to do anything against the law of the land. That's a different issue. What we do say is that Muslims must think through everything that comes into their homes. Everything. And that's not a matter of taqwa, it's a matter of halal and haram. Taqwa is very far from this. I doubt if we can reach wilaya in this civilization. Because there's just so many things that we do which are makuru at the very least in nature. And wilaya requires that you stay away from makuru and sometimes even mubah, even that which is allowed you have to stay away from if you want to be a wali of Allah. That is very far from this civilization, unfortunately. But what we must, as I'm saying, appreciate and understand that these discussions, if we do not engage, first of all, with ourselves in the community about these issues and we shy away from them, then that is a dereliction of duty. It is fardain for you to safeguard your iman. It is fard. It's also fardain for you to safeguard your chastity, your ifa, your dignity, your honor. And if you don't talk about it, you will not be safeguarded. 
If you don't discuss it and tell each other, this is the guidance from the Quran Sunnah. It is not allowed, period. The, the, the issue that uh, you, you can follow any kind of sexual orientation, it is purely haram. That's a no-brainer. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Muslims must entertain a conversation and a dialogue in their own homes with their children. Because if we don't, to their, if we don't talk to our children, other people are. And they do it every day. In the school, in the colleges, in the universities, at work, in the media, everywhere. People are unfortunately polluted by these values. How do we safeguard ourselves? As I said, it's for the eye. Oh, you who believe, protect yourselves and your families from the fire. This is a fire that needs to be extinguished in our homes first. That makes sure no child of ours is going that way, inclined towards that way, justifying that position. That's our duty as a parent, as is our duty to feed them, to clothe them, to pay for their bills, to pay for their whatever college education, if you call that fard. Whatever you say. But this is also a duty. We cannot neglect this in the name of say we go partying Friday and Saturday and Sunday and that the community will take care of it. No, the community doesn't take care of it. You, as the breadwinner, as the parent, and as the leader of the house, you have to take care of it. Don't leave it to the masjid. Don't leave it to the seminars. Don't leave it to lectures. You do it as your responsibility. But before you do it, you must understand what is the guidance. So you must learn what is halal and what is haram. For you to think, for you to value as a value, and for you to accept and acknowledge as something that Islam allows or doesn't allow. This is our duty. No one else is going to come and do this for us. Every single individual in every house, in house, household must do this. The community should do its share, no doubt. The masajid do their share, they have these programs on the whole, mashallah. The community has programs on the whole. But more than that, it is up to the individual Muslim who comes for Jumu'ah, seeking Allah's fadl, and more than that, seeking Allah's guidance. This is hidayah. So when we are reciting Surah Fatiha, Ihdina Surat al-Mustaqeem, Surat al-Ladheen there are two paths. Very distinct, the Quran says, a path of those whom Allah has favored. And there's another path. So don't say that it doesn't matter which path you follow, every path leads to God. That is nonsense. Every path doesn't lead to God. There's a path that leads to Allah through Jannah. And there's a path that doesn't lead to Allah through Jahannam. Two very distinct paths of thinking, evaluating. What is the Islamic principle in this issue that must be identified? And you must seek the knowledge for that if you don't know. If you know, then educate people. Inform people in your household. Speak to your children. They have this campaign in the country now. And they, saw, they, they create a problem and they solve it. It's called drugs. 
And then all the others speak to your children. Does speak to your children. So why do you create the problem in the first place? Speak to your children. Muslims have always spoken to their children. The Quran says through Luqman, وَلَقَدْ عَطِيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةَ نَشْكُرِنَا وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانَ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِذُهُ The hikmah, the wisdom of Luqman is that he gave nasiha to his child. And that's what the problem is. Today we think our children in schools and colleges, they don't need our guidance. And Luqman says, I'm going to give you my son a lecture. The parent has to give children a lecture. That is the wisdom of Luqman. It doesn't matter how brilliant they become in their fields, they are still your children. You are still the parent. You are still responsible for them and for their salvation. You must do this. So there are just so many issues in this community, in this culture, in this civilization that need to be addressed, but you address them one by one. If you don't address them, that is a dereliction of duty. You'll be held guilty on the day of judgment. And trust me, that you didn't do your job to raise your children. You fed them, you clothed them, you educate them, but you did not teach them the Islamic values based on Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqeem. The right path. There is a right path and there's a wrong path. Choose the right path, you'll end up in Jannah, inshaAllah. If you choose the other path, then only Allah knows what's going to happen to you. Allah give us all tawfiq. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen.